listeners, I'm very excited to bring you today's episode. I have a super guest, which I met in New Brunswick a few years ago, Dr. Susan Snag Wilson, beaming in from Antigua. That's the sunny island in the Caribbean. Susan wears multiple hats, president of Rebel Homes, her Canadian side hustle business, in addition to being country head of Scotiabank in Antigua and Barbuda. In her 26 years in banking, Dr. Wilson pivoted and worked through several financial institutions from RBC to HSBC, TD Canada Trust, And for the past 23 years, she has been working with Scotiabank. Her robust and diverse backgrounds gives her a profound understanding of leadership engagement, change management, diversity and inclusion, retail and small business, global banking, divestitures and labor negotiations. In this episode, we discuss her journey how she got started on her side hustle business, some tactical business advice to think about if you're considering dabbling in the real estate industry, as well as the importance of embracing mentors to elevate your business. Listeners, the opinions and views expressed in this episode are that of Suzanne and not those of Scotiabank. You're listening to the Canadian Side Hustle and Business Podcast. I'm your host, Irene Roussel. Welcome, listeners. I am so excited to bring you this week's guest because she is so inspirational. She's going to talk about her journey into entrepreneurship, her side hustle, and you're going to learn all about the nuts and bolts of how she got started there. But not only that, she wears multiple hats, so we're going to dive in into some of the things that really drives her passion. If you're tuning in for the first time, hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for a fantastic discussion. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you, Irina. I'm really excited to be on your show today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, I am excited because I know that you're going to bring some sunshine all the way from Antigua here to me in New Brunswick. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The, the land of uh, 365 beaches, one for every day of the year. Mm-mm-mm. I'm missing it already. Oh, my goodness. You are so lucky. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, so let's get our listeners acquainted with Susan Snag Wilson. Who is she and how did you get to be at the point where you are today? You know, I am from Trinidad. I migrated from Trinidad and Tobago to Canada um, at around age 15 or so. 
know, I always wanted to be either a banker or a teacher. And so for me, banking was a, a great environment to be in because I was able to help, you know, customers, uh, you know, with their financial needs. And, and to me, that was exciting. And of course, you know, being a teacher was something I thought would, you know, my quest for knowledge will be able to help others achieve their goals. So my role as a leader right now allows me to do both and um, I'm thoroughly enjoying the experience. That's fantastic. All right, so let's get into your side hustle. What is it and why did you start it? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say for me, since uh, joining the bank in regards to my different roles that I've played, as you know, I was in uh, a DVP or district vice president in, in um, New Brunswick. And, um, and prior to that, working with other banks, you know, being in the financial industry, for me, you know, understanding various investments and how we can maximize, you know, our portfolio was important to not just myself, but my family. So we always liked real estate and I saw real estate as a great opportunity to, you know, to be, to diversify, I would say in our portfolio. And um, I began a company called Rebel Homes, which means restore, beautify and live. And so we look at opportunities to purchase distressed homes. So homes where, you know, people are not really wanting to renovate it. You know, they're changing in lifestyle. Maybe there's been a marital split or death or something. And it's just overwhelming for those who are left behind. So it gives us an opportunity to assist people in taking those properties off of their hands, you know, renovating it, either keeping it uh, to rent or to resell into the market. And again, for me, real estate is a great, a great and exciting industry to be in because it provides, you know, quick opportunities to help others, but also growth in assets. And so that's what we do. I know it's kind of like a family thing, really. And although I say I'm the president, uh, it really doesn't mean very much in that, you know, each of my, my family, my, my two children and my husband, they have great strengths that they bring to the table. So my son is a, a, a carpenter by trade. So he comes up with designs. His wife is, you know, she's got an eye for color. So she tends to do more of the decor. And my daughter gets involved in advertising and flyers and so forth. My husband finds the properties and he negotiates the prices. And I just hold everyone accountable to make sure the jobs get done on time. So we have our highs, you know, our great, exciting moments, and then we have our lows. But at the end of the day, it's a family adventure, and, and it certainly brings us together. Wow, that is very exciting. Of course, you need someone to steer the ship. So I'm happy to know that you're steering the ship, but it's really fantastic that this is a family affair. And mm -hmm. everyone has distinct roles, right? And that's so important in an organization, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I know sometimes we think from a family perspective that, you know, um, it's, it's difficult because, you know, you've got kids and sometimes you don't realize their strengths. And, you know, as parents, we try to be more in control and so forth. So when you're running a family dynamic like this, it's really letting go and letting everyone run with a piece of their own strength and their own passions and then together it becomes a stronger unit 
And I say the same too in, in regards to leadership in any organization, you know, being able to help others elevate their own strengths and understand what their capabilities are makes a stronger organization. Suzanne, what are some of the challenges you have faced in your family side hustle? I think the key piece for us is uh, as we, you know, meld together as a family, we try to understand each other's strengths and, and weaknesses. And it's ironic, we had uh, one, one summer, I got the idea that I wanted to put a hot tub in, in, in the backyard of one of my properties. And to me, it was a simple thing. It was, you know, put some stone down and put the hot tub on and plug it in. And that's my thought. But then it turned out, you know, there, it, there's more involved. There was, you know, the slope of the property. There was a slant. It was some highs and lows in me. And uh, my, my son wanted to, to, to either dig down and make it sort of um, like a dig out, you know, area. And my husband said, no, 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 let's, let's build up and make it a higher area. And so it was, you know, who was right and who's wrong. And, and you know, at times like that in, in a family environment, you know, we try to understand, again, you know, whose, whose strengths do we need to play to? So in the end, I actually got a third person involved who was a, a landscaper. I went to a landscaping company and then showed them the, the product that I wanted and then gave them an idea of the backyard. And we actually did a little bit of both, you know. So we we did a higher part where the hot tub sat and then did a, a dugout for sitting area and a fireplace. So for me, the key learning was that, you know, we can take the strengths and ideas from individuals within the family and develop something even greater than I had imagined. And um, for me, uh, going forward, we always try to, you know, sit as a family and, and decide, okay, so who's going to handle which part? You know, what are some of the key areas we need to, to really work on together? And what are some of the areas we can work on as individuals? But in the end, as a whole, as a family, the unit, you know, comes together for the bigger decisions. So I, I think that would be one of the challenges that I would say, you know, can happen in a family business, just trying to, to ensure that we're bringing ideas together for the bigger picture. Well, that's really cool that, you know, you played to the strengths of each individual's. And um, I love that, you know, you also brought in an expert because sometimes you know industry experts play a very significant role in helping businesses to advance you know their projects so that's really cool let's segue into you know how have mentors helped you along the way in this real estate business yeah, so, you know, with uh, with our projects, you know, when we first started, we actually belonged to a community of people that together, you know, we're called like fortune builders. Um, and so together we share ideas and support each other and coach each other. And for me, those sort of ideas allow us to, you know, take the best of each of these different um, segments and allow us to build from that. So I'll give you an example, you know, online, we have access to a program that allows us to, you know, see homes that were already renovated and, you know, pick from the colors that, 
they had incorporated in their environment, their, you know, the way they positioned the furniture, the, the you know, landscaping, their kitchens, you know, the way it was laid out, the various appliances and so forth. And so from that, we actually can draw on the experiences of people who have done this before. So, you know, we ha also have uh, regular coaching sessions where a coach will call, you know, a group of us and, and go through what are some of the challenges we're having in, you know, either locating properties or selling properties or, and so again, it allows us to share ideas back and forth and, and mentor each other. So, you know, I would say in any business or any industry, having you know, the right mentors, having the right coaches, and, and not only that, but being coachable. So I, I know many people could coach, but not very many people are coachable. And coachable means being able to see where the gaps you know, in my thought process and to be able to accept, okay, maybe I, I should be looking at things from a different point of view. And so being coachable is the key aspect of being successful. And, and I would say the third thing is, um, you know, just because I'm the president doesn't mean that I'm the one that's always right. You know, it's, it's a matter of, of understanding, really, there's not so much a right and a wrong way, but there's really more of the best way that we can do something at any one point in time. And, um, and having the ability not to have ego play into things, but, you know, sometimes just, you know, sit back, listen and learn from each other. Um, and that's what helps us to be successful as a family unit in business. That's a great golden nugget there for those of you listeners out there who are part of the family Canadian side hustle business. Definitely some great points you brought out here, Susan. How has the real estate market changed in current times, Susan? Well, as we know, I mean, right now it's it's exploding in, in Canada and uh, you know it's a good thing you know I think the explosion really helps people give them opportunities to reset their own portfolio of investments so you know for example you know when we bought our first house my husband and I you know we built our first house we built it at 132,000 and then two years later we were able to sell it at 167,000 so you know you can see the the increase for us, you know, certainly helped to put the money back into our pocketbooks. Uh, our second house, for example, we purchased at, at 180 and then sold for 220. So again, you know, real estate certainly provides uh, a diversity in a portfolio. I mean, people can buy stocks, they can buy, you know, investments, uh, GICs, which is government investments, um, mutual funds, you know, there's so many opportunities to invest and so many ways to save and build wealth. And so real estate provides one tool that allows that portfolio to build. I love it. Real estate providing the opportunity to build wealth. That is absolutely fantastic. So, you know, we are collectively facing this global crisis, which started back in 2020. We are in pandemic mm -hmm. times, just recognizing that. How has the landscape changed from when you started and in putting a lens on what occurred in 2020, and now that we're moving in 2021? Yeah, you know, it's a, that's a good question. I would say that, you know, for 2020, there was a sense of resiliency that everyone had to really own. Um, you know, it, it was an unprecedented year. 
not just in, you know, businesses and so forth, but just sort of personal, that personal accomplishments and feeling people were a little bit daunted by what happened with the, the COVID pandemic. And now we're moving into 2021. And, you know, it's hard to say if it's going to be much difference. I know most people are very hopeful. And uh, we're seeing the, the vaccine that's, um, that has been developed and, you know, starting to be dispersed. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. But I would say when I, when I see change, you know, from let's say 2019, 2020, there was you know, a bit of doubt into, you know, what should people invest in? What are the opportunities that are out there? And, you know, I've, I heard uh, a saying says that really for many people, it's a reset. It was a reset in, in leveling the playing field and that more people were able to jump into the markets, more people are able to come up with new business ideas. Technology was, you know, a key, a key player that allowed um, businesses to move online, to move digitally, and it, it, it totally changed the landscape of how we understood businesses to perform and to, to be able to reach our customers. So I would say that was one of the key pieces that changed the landscape in 2020 is the, the technology and that ability to, to re for businesses to reinvent their, their value. I totally agree with you, you know, with regards to the technology really changing things. A lot of companies had to do some really quick steps, you know, to make some epic pivots um, in their businesses. What sort of epic pivots did you have to make for your side hustle in 2020, Suzanne? Yeah, so a good question. I would say for 2020, not just for myself, but for many landlords in Canada and around the world, it's uh, understanding, you know, the needs of your tenants, understanding that, you know, they may have had challenges, you know, from a resources perspective. And then, of course, working with the tenants to ensure that, you know, we're being compassionate and understanding of their various needs. So, you know, I would imagine around the world and, and people who have rental properties and rental, you know, getting income from, from these properties would have had to, you know, pivot, make some changes, adapt, you know, depending on their tenants, depending on the needs and ensuring that, you know, they, they show some compassion at this point in time, because I think for COVID-20, you know, the 2020, what really helped people was people coming together and working together and supporting each other. And that's where the strength of, of humanity comes in, right? This is how we overcome pandemics is our opportunities to collaborate and support each other through doing tough times. So I think we would have seen a lot of that happening throughout you know, the world in 2020. Absolutely, the power of community. Um, we've definitely seen the rise of that. What advice would you have for individuals who have, you know, a full-time career and wanting to get into their side hustle and they're looking at the real estate industry? What are some things they should take into consideration, you know, to run a type of business like this? 
Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good question. So I would say some key points, three or four key points would be one, to understand that the industry can fluctuate up and down. I mean, it may sound like it's always, you know, a bed of roses, but certainly, and like with any investment, there are highs and there are lows. So doing the research before jumping into the market, you know, is it uh, property in a viable area, a viable location? You know, if you're buying it at a certain price, then what are you planning to do with it? Is it going to be a rental property for passive income or is it something that you're, you're going to sell and, and make some um, realize the, the difference in asset? Um, you know, would it be something that you want to pass on to families down the road? So is it part of your estate? You know, what does that look like? Should it be incorporated or not incorporated? You know, each option has different tax consequences. So, you know, just looking at your individual lifestyle, your individual needs will help de determine, you know, what you want to put in your portfolio, how it's going to be held, and is it something that you're going to have for a long term or a short term. So those are some of the key, I would say, straight up, you know, when you're thinking of jumping into the market, those are something that's important. And of course, while you're in the market, you know, again, maintaining the property, the value of the property, ensuring that you are working well with your tenants to, you know, ensure that the property is well kept and maintained and because it is an asset and you want it to appreciate in value. So those are some key important um, aspects I would share. That is absolutely fantastic. You know, you touch on something because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs who are just starting out, right? Sometimes they freeze on, you know, should I set up a sole proprietorship? Should I incorporate my company? And then you talked about that. How is it important for them to incorporate? Because we know with incorporation, um, you know, the assets and liabilities stays within the firm. So if anything happens, um, that's all that's in play. Whereas with sole proprietorship, um, there's a difference. What advice yeah. would you have for someone just starting off off the bat? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the advice is to speak to a good lawyer and, of course, have a good accountant. You know, having those two, you know, in your in your um, circle of connections or influencers is a key aspect to success in, in any business, really. But, you know, having a good accountant will be able to provide the tax benefits of each one of those ownerships. So whether it's sole proprietorship, whether it's um, joint with rights of survivorship or corporation, each one of those ownership options provides some advantages, but there are also disadvantages. So again, it's important that, you know, for, in, for individuals, families, groups, they understand what their long-term goals are and then speak to a good lawyer and uh, an accountant to, to come up with a strategy for themselves. I love it, I love it, Suzanne. So. You have many passions, Suzanne, and I know in 2020, you had a huge milestone. Tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things I talked about earlier is that quest for knowledge. And really, it's not so much knowledge for myself. It's really learning and then being able to empower others so that they also can achieve their goals. 
but I, you know, I suffer sometimes, you know, we call it uh, imposter syndrome, where if I don't have enough education or experience or knowledge, usually I don't like to share. But so I, I started this quest about 10 years ago in trying to obtain a, a PhD. And my PhD is in social justice education. So I'm happy to say, yeah, it was uh, November 27th was the defense date and successfully passed or completed that milestone. So here I am, Dr. Suzanne Snags Wilson. I'm excited about it. And uh, the family, you know, they're all excited. I think it's an important uh, milestone for me, not again, not just for myself, but, you know, having the children and them seeing me go through this process of learning my highs, my lows, you know, times when I, I thought to myself, why on earth am I doing this? What is this about? You know? And so I wanted the children to see that, you know, you don't give up when, when the going gets, gets tough, you know, you have to hang in there, you know, you got to put the work, the effort in and the results will come. So it was a journey of love, I must say, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, that they are seeing their mom, you know, now being in her, you know, completed her doctorate. And, you know, my daughter says, mom, my goal is to meet and surpass you, she says. And I said, that's perfect. Feel free. I'm, I'm excited and I'm, I'm wanting her to meet and surpass me. That, that would be any mom's goal, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you, I am super excited for you. And this is a, a whoop, whoop, because I know that juggling, you know, work, your side hustle and doing a PhD, I, I can't imagine, you know, the time management that you had to do with that. And you've accomplished that, you know, over 10 years, which talks to your stick to itness, you know, your, your uh, tenacity to stick to it, which is, which is fantastic. And you're a fantastic role model, not only for your daughter, but for young girls and women around the world who are looking to pursue, um, you know, higher heights, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, not only young women, too. I mean, there is also men. I mean, we have a lot of men that are advocates for, for women. And so it shows, you know, again, on both sides, the opportunity for both men and women, especially with my, my focus being women in leadership, you know, helping women advance in, in their careers. You know, my son, who is, who's, you know, like my right-hand guy type thing in, in construction, he also, you know, he pushes me, he pushes me and say, mom, you know, keep going, keep trying, you know, and um, even if I, I feel like, no, I'm tired, he'll say, no, you can do it, mom. And I, I said to him, you're in, I'm getting older, you know, and he will not accept that I'm getting older. And he, so, you know, these are, I think kids keep you young. And so uh, for me, it's, it's such a pleasure having, having them, you know, having my husband as a support in these sort of these sort of um, quests and, and journeys, you so need to have, um, if you have a spouse, if you choose to have a spouse, whether male or female, you know, having their support and throughout these journeys, because again, it's a family unit and it's important that, you know, everyone sort of enjoys the experience and the journey and, and support each other throughout the process. Absolutely. You know, as moms, we are our children's heroes. And I love it that your son keeps 
you know, pushing you to, to move to higher heights and keep going. And uh, it's really awesome that you have a supportive, you know, spouse, um, husband who is, you know, part of everything, right? So, so that's mm -hmm. fantastic. It's so important for families to be walking lockstep and barrel with each other in initiatives, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I speak, I mean, from a traditional family perspective, but there are many non-traditional families out there, you know, families with single mothers, um, you know, we can't discredit, you know, single moms, there are, you know, different types of collaboration with them that's, that's going on. But, you know, at the end of the day, I say, when I say family unit, I, I look from the perspective of, you know, loved ones, you know, their moms, their grandmothers, their you know, grandparents that are raising children and especially, especially now. So all together, it's a unit. Um, it's a, you know, it needs to be a strong unit and working towards common goals. I think that's what I consider a family. Yeah. What global impact project are you working on right now? Yeah, it's quite dynamic. I work for, you know, a, an organization that allows me to to move around and to experience different uh, opportunities. So right now I'm in Antigua and, um, you know, just working on a divestiture of operations here. I'm able to provide great, you know, experience and support to the team, you know, and it's, and it's, a, it's a, great, a great opportunity. I mean, how can I complain, right? It's a warm country and um, the ocean is here and, you know, some Caribbean food that I had missed over the years. So eating more rotis and lots of fruits and so forth. So it's thoroughly enjoying it. But with that said, it also allows for um, a connection with a group of people who I see as resilient. You know, um, you know, we're wearing masks and, you know, going through all those protocols, social distancing, washing hands and so forth. And, and people are trying to do what they need to do to protect themselves them and their families. And so um, as, as an organization, we're doing what we need to do to protect our staff and our customers. And you know what, I, I'm really excited and proud of the team because that's exactly what they're doing. No one in the, in the branch has um, had any COVID or any viruses yet and uh, keeping fingers crossed and we're knocking on wood that uh, our protocols continue to keep our staff safe. So really excited about the, this, um, this project right now. I'm also, as you know, as you said, working on, I'm working on a couple of books. Uh, one is more serious. My, my second project, I had written a children's book many years ago when my, when my son was, was about seven or so. And so I finally decided to get it published. So I'm currently speaking with a potential publisher. It's gonna be illustrated and published uh, you know, hopefully this year. So it's just, it's just a fun project and uh, allows us to see the bank inside of a bank from the eyes of uh, an eight-year-old, you know, oh, nice. what, what are the thoughts that they, that they go through, they think of as they see the different people moving through the banks, you know, customers, the vault and, and so forth. So we're excited about that. Good, good, so good. Keeping busy. That is, that's fantastic. What are you looking forward to for 2021? What's that hopeful feeling that's deep inside of you that, you know, you're waiting to explode throughout the year? Yeah, that's a, a exciting question. It's a loaded question, I guess, from two <laughs> perspectives. You know, we've got 
I've got my personal goals, but you know, in the long in the long run, I'm hoping that you know this pandemic we, we get over this and and move into a safer environment for all. You know, a lot of people are very stressed, and so it um, certainly it's not the way humankind was meant to live. You know, this sort of social distancing, not collaborate, not getting together and chatting and you know, the normal, the normal aspect of humans. So certainly yes. that would be my first, my first hope. But for, mm -hmm. for myself, as I mentioned, certainly looking to, you know, get those, uh, my books published. Um, I'm also in the process of, of building, trying to get built two properties. So I'm hoping that comes together. And of course, career-wise, you know, can, 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 to continue growing with my current employer, you know, the financial industry continues to be dynamic. You know, there are new players, there's fintech companies, there's new technology, blockchain you know, is driving digital currencies. There are, you know, regulatory changes, anti-money laundering compliance. There's so many dynamics and interplays that's happening. And certainly it keeps the industry, you know, fluid and, and I get excited by this. So I would say for on the horizon, it's important for me you know, as a leader in my industry to fully understand, you know, the dynamics of finance, you know, the financial landscapes, and it will enable me to better assist my customers with their financial well-being as well. Wow, you've got your hands full for 2021, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. It keeps me out of trouble, right? Yeah, that's right, right? So with all of this, let's get into the rapid fire questions when, you know, we can find out, you know, how do you juggle all of this and set your mood for the day? What gives you your pep in your step when you wake up every day, Susan? So every day. So I usually start off uh, my day, of course, trying to be in a good mood. So I've got a morning routine. Routines are important to me. They have to be for, because time for me is money. So I, you know, I'm very particular about my time. So I follow what is called a Franklin planner. And there's a weekly compass that's in, it's a card. And you basically sit down on, you know, the beginning of the week and go through what you want to achieve for that week ahead. So I followed that compass. So on mornings, I'm up usually by 5, 5.30, start my day with a, a liter of hot lemon water, or depending on, you know, if I want to detox or something, an apple cider vinegar. Then I usually pray, I meditate, make sure I exercise, because, um, you know, exercise for me is, keeps my energy going and, you know, mentally strong. Um, so I, then I prioritize my day for my goals. Um, I follow a, a, a keto diet, so not a lot of carbs and so forth. So follow eating, you know, proteins. So I have an omelet on mornings, you know, as much as possible or protein shake or something like that. And then I leave for work around 7.15 a.m. So having that routine really helps me, you know, it keeps me feeling productive and ready for the day ahead. Wowzer. I love that routine. That's absolutely fabulous. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I, I'm excited that, you know, I just bought myself, you know, as I age, one of the things I've been told is it's important, it's not just about cardio, but certainly building muscle. So, you know, I bought myself a, a workout bench with um, some weights and so forth. So you should see me trying to bench press, you know, 25 pounds. And it's just, uh, it's, it's probably comical, you know, if you look at it, but 
at the end of the day, it's, it certainly helps me in terms of strengthening my muscles and, you know, keeping myself fit and strong for longevity, you know, as I, as I get older. Yeah, it's so important, um, the self-care and uh, being able to build that muscle mass um, as women. Uh, me too. I do have one as well that we recently bought this year and I, I have yet to jump on it, but uh, <laughs> we should exchange photos, right? Yes, yeah, let's do, let's do that. Let's do a hashtag, you know, building muscle for women or something. I think it'll be I, exciting. Oh, I love it. I love it. Building muscle for women. Okay. <laughs> So we all know that music, you know, really helped to give us some positive vibes. You know, what's your last song you have on repeat on your Alexa? Oh, cool. I, um, you know, I created a playlist, of, you know, I think about maybe six months ago. And I thought, you know, I'd bring back some of the, the old songs, you know, people, Bryson, Roberta Flack, Lionel Richie. I call it my love song playlist. That's One awesome. song that stands out, I know, stands out for me is uh, it's called Fallen by Lauren Woods. Mm -hmm. And this is the song I, I saw Pretty Woman. I had seen this on Netflix uh, a few months ago. And I remembered the song. And I thought, oh, what a beautiful song. And it's just so it puts me in a really sort of, you know, good positive mood and just the beat so I tend to play that first thing in the morning you know just get as for my alarm and get out of bed so that's, oh, that's uh, fantastic yes, yeah yeah and of I course love, I love that song too so that's awesome yeah. that's great that's great and of course Richard Richard Gere we I mean who cannot love Richard Gere right so it's uh it reminds me of him too so my favorite actor <laughs> that's fantastic what book, you know, business or leadership book would you recommend um, for our listeners, you know, given our conversation today? Uh, well, I would say if, if my books were done, I would recommend them. <laughs> but they're of not. Course. <laughs> so um, I'm reading through a book now. It's called Successful Women Speak Differently, and it provides nine habits that build confidence, courage, and influence. And it's by Valerie Burton. So it's one of those books where you can't just read once, really. It's more putting practice um, to make it perfect. And you know, just reading through some of the, the tips and, and tricks that's, uh, that's in the book. Basically looks at, you know, things of how we speak, you know, our mannerisms and so forth, body language, you know, understanding, you know, our message, and um, and delivering, you know, you know, a, a, a powerful a powerful message when we do speak. So, totally love it. And just uh, reading through it, I uh, would recommend it to anyone. If there is one thing you would like our audience to leave, one thought, what would that be? Hmm, good question. So I would say, you know, we've come through a year of disruption and uncertainty given the COVID pandemic. And of course, we don't know really what's going to happen in 2021. But, you know, with that said, the one thing I think it's important is for our listeners to find ways to do some self-care. You know, many of us are caring for loved ones, but, you know, it's important for us also, as they say in the airplanes, you know, put on your oxygen mask first. So I would say, you know, keep yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually strong to outlast these current times. 
give yourself permission just to pamper yourself, you know, read a good book, take up yoga, focus on healthy eating. I would say most importantly, though, say I love you frequently to your loved ones. You know, I've lost a couple of friends, close friends last year, and I never had the opportunity to, to say goodbye because I couldn't travel. Mm-hmm. And so didn't get a chance to say, you know, goodbye, or I love you. And so it's important that we don't walk away from our loved ones in angry. We need to say, I love you frequently because, you know, we never know what life holds. So I would say, you know, that's, that's key, some key advice there, self-care yeah. and um, keeping mentally, physically and spiritually strong. Mm-hmm. So important. Thank you so much. Suzanne, for taking the time out, you know, with me. I know you have a pretty busy schedule. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, you know, joining you and your listeners. And uh, thanks so much for the opportunity to be on the show and look forward to your continued success, Irina. Thank you. Thank you so much, listeners. Dr. Susan Snag-Wilson. As Suzanne mentioned, in 2021, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Take this opportunity to reset, to generate new business ideas and embrace technology to transform your business to reach new customers. If you want to continue the conversation with Suzanne, you can connect with her on LinkedIn or Facebook under the handle Suzanne Snag Wilson. I will drop this in the show notes. To you, my listeners, let me know what you think of the conversation between Suzanne and I. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at Canadian Side Hustle Business or leave me a voice message. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get notified of new episodes on Apple or Google Podcasts. On Spotify, hit that notification button so that you know when the next episode comes in. Until next time, stay safe and healthy, and I hope you find your new vibes in 2021. I'm your host, Irene Rousseau.